0: Welcome to the early morning edition of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I'm Pat. I'm Joel.
1: And I'm Josh. And attempts to prove to my friends and acquaintances that I am not an android apparently are not reassuring. I guess stabbing yourselves and saying, look at my natural red blood, is not very soothing.
2: Mm. You're hanging out with the wrong people. If you bled milk this morning, that would be more appropriate.
1: Yes, indeed. And easier for breakfast.
0: (laughs) Mixes better with Froot Loops. So,
1: since we're a wacky morning show now, do we need like. I told you
2: we were going to
3: turn into a morning show.
2: If we got to be up,
0: you got to
1: be
2: up. It finally (laughs) happened, Mike. Yay, we got to say that on the radio.
0: Well, folks, we are actually uh, not recording on Thursday night when we normally do. We're recording uh, on Saturday morning, which is an alien thing for about half or more of us.
1: Mm, a little tie-in there,
0: <laughs> yeah. we're uh,
1: talking about the mistress of alien. We are.
0: Yes. Today's show, or this week's show, is actually all about Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be the
1: second in our series of shows that's focusing on the career of a particular actor who was both popular then as defined by us as, like, 80s through the mid-1990s
3: and now. So, yes. Okay, well, I fucked uh, up because all I did was watch a bunch of Steven Seagal movies. I thought we were doing
0: Steven Seagal.
2: Wait, we're not? You can still contribute. <laughs> Pat told me we were doing Seagal.
0: No, that's his special technique.
1: My bad. Pop- Stephen Seagal. So. Popular then and then. Then.
0: <laughs> Over so.
1: then for a very little while. Yeah. Normally, this is where we talk about voicemails, but though we don't have a voicemail, speaking of Facebook, we do have a new Facebook message from uh, David Jessen.
0: Yeah, what did he actually uh, suggested a Then and Now movie, a little bit more current, but uh, Old Boy. Yeah,
1: it says, Love the work, fellas. It would be great to hear an episode about the film Old Boy from 03 compared to. The recent Spike Lee, old boy.
2: Spike Lee did the remix? Yeah, he Yeah, he did. Huh. Yeah, he does do movies with honkies
0: occasionally. I'm I'm not sure where I stand Danny on Aiello
3: that. Danny Aiello was in he, the he video a, for Papa in, Don't <laughs> Preach. Uh,
1: a
0: movie with Steven Seagal. And you know? do the
3: right thing. David, thanks for
1: the suggestion. Uh, hmm. I think we'll probably uh, try and work this in, even though 03 is pretty recent for our now. I mean... Oh,
3: so good. What the hell? Or, the, we, or then, you mean?
1: Or then, yeah. is yeah, pretty recent for our then, but uh, what the hell? I mean, we did the Santa Claus for our now, which was like nine. Ninety-four or something. So,
0: yes. well, and it's, yeah. it's talk- I have I have not wrapped my head around the concept of time yet. <laughs> well, and,
3: <laughs> we are, and David we are only, is a, we are only bound by whatever we decide we are bound by. So
2: really, yes. David is an old friend of mine, and so we should listen to him.
0: Yeah, that I, I, actually gives I, him less credit. Uh, hey, in that case, screw you. you. <laughs> we're not.
2: Talking. He did the theme song to my show back in the day, so maybe he can do a theme song <laughs> for us. Oh, cool.
0: I've always so, wanted an excuse. In that case, you're back on. <laughs> we have a theme song.
2: No, we should have one. We should. Oh, have one. We have a. We we have a bumper. Oh, yeah, we have
0: Poor a bumper.
3: guys <laughs> talking about useless shit. I don't know. No, let's, <laughs> let's not do that. Oh,
0: All right, let's do this. Come on. <laughs> this week in
2: music, movies, and TV.
0: All right, so this week Patrick has again put together this weekend, and I have not read them yet. Yay! And he has added sports. Yay! Again, (laughs) just uh, screw with me. Ah, I love that. So I think we now have a new category. So Patrick has also volunteered to do this weekend every week from now on. (laughs) I have.
3: (laughs) Yay! (laughs)
0: Yay. <laughs> All right, so this weekend we went nineteen seventy nine, so that is the year that uh aliens came out. Yes. And it had nothing to do with aliens. All right, well music, What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers is number one on the charts. Apparently people didn't have tastes back then. I
3: like oh, the Doobie Brothers. Michael <laughs> but, <laughs> I knew that would get a reaction. <laughs> Not to mention Doobie Hello. <laughs>
0: Seriously, how could you?
3: They got their name by actually they were they were like during one rehearsal they were passing around a joint and when one of the guys all hides, she's like, "Man, we're like Doobie Brothers," and that's exactly how they're like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really,
0: Mike? It's, tell really, me you can't. And you tell me you do not love this. Suddenly,
2: feel like I'm at the dentist's office.
0: I feel like your I dentist support. is Michael McDonald. Is your dentist? <laughs> I'm gonna be there. I feel like I should be getting <laughs> How could you not love this? All right. oh, there we go. We don't want to wake the spirit of Michael McDonald.
2: I like the Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers are fun listening. And if Pat had his way, this show would have been called 40 Going on Doobies.
3: 40 Coming on Michael McDonald is what it would have been.
2: Ew. <laughs> All right.
3: That's a different webcast. We 40 guys, you know,
0: surrounding Michael and well,
2: mind
3: I'm
0: going to be there. That's things we don't want to Google.
3: <laughs> all right <laughs> All right. Now, movies,
0: 1979. Unfortunately, we are not an alien. had not come out until September of 1979. But this week, the movie The Champ is number one at the box
2: office. With Ricky office. Schroeder and and uh, John Voight, that one.
3: How can you forget Faye Dunaway? Everybody knows about, you know, Faye Dunaway's amazing turn in The Champ. Yeah, I actually kind of wish I'd seen this. Because
1: just those three actors, those performers together, it seems like actor mad libs.
0: <laughs>
3: Like, what possibly can you write that's going to make these three people look normal together?
0: I can't believe they let John Voight that close to uh, Ricky Schroeder. at school. <laughs> he's a, he's a weird looking dude, um, and and John Voight was with um, Sigourney
2: Weaver in a movie later on. So we right. should we should do a then and now for we should watch the Champ, then watch Real Steel. I think those would go together well with you, Jackman.
0: We're doing a
3: Ricky Schroeder. You know what we're doing. Oh,
2: I'm, I'll do I'll do Ricky Schroeder.
3: No, I have no idea what you are talking about. That's what I am saying. I, I
2: was, was trying to be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, that's a that's our transition music right there. TV NBC releases real people. <laughs> Tell me somebody else remembers this show. <laughs>
3: I just. <lied>. What <laughs> the hell
0: was <is laughs> that? exploded. I'm <laughs>
3: sorry, John Davidson makes me sneeze.
2: You <laughs> made, made me. afraid <laughs> to watch nighttime television in the 80s. Oh, uh, God. Okay. That's incredible. I,
3: watch out,
1: or Michael McDonald's going to come back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Use oh, to scare oh, the kids
0: to go the to only sleep. It
3: scares me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a comedy talk show. It had a studio audience back then, uh, which was common. Do they even do that anymore? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. you are. So the real people had a lot of, no, I mean, not talk shows. I mean, this is oh. like, yeah, like
1: they still park. do it with sitcoms oh. and whatnot.
0: OK, well, they um, bring they basically find crazy, weird people out there in the, in the real world and bring them on the show and show them, hey, this is a guy who can stop a fan with his tongue.
1: Ah, so, it's you like know. a full show of Dave Letterman's stupid human tricks. Yeah. Pretty much. It's,
3: it's kind of like the, the same thing as That's Incredible. Those two shows were on at the same time. Real People, That's Incredible. They beat up each other.
2: So, like, yeah. America's so. got talent, but with more eyes on?
3: Yes.
0: Yes. And here's the thing Real People gave Richard Simmons his break into the mass media.
3: Now we know who to blame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's it. I'm leaving now. <laughs> Richard Simmons was... Uh, his big highlight was on Real People. I remember watching this. You know, they had the guy who can catch arrows. They had the, uh, any you know, crazy-ass basement dweller had a place to go, so... Sports. I'm trying not. To. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sports.
2: What happened in sports, Mike?
0: One month earlier, in February 18th, 1979, NASCAR has what, what critics consider the most important race in stock car history, won by Richard Petty. Who I know who that is. He has a mustache and a hat. <laughs> for his sixth Daytona 500 win.
2: <laughs> you just described like 45% half, half of, of Missouri State Fair. <laughs> Shut had up. A, a cowboy like, hat a Seriously. Oh,
3: yeah. and that then, that's half uh, of NASCAR and also part of the village people. <laughs> yes.
0: But what made it famous was a crash and then a fight between race leaders Carl Yarborough and Donnie Allison and his brother Bobby uh, that occurred at the finish. It was the first time NASCAR was water cooler conversation and the rest is jug band history. <laughs> Somebody... Yarborough had a fight. Oh, I thought you were going, man. I was going to get...
2: I was waiting for somebody to kick in what with mean? the
0: washboard. You sound more like a tuba than a jug
2: band. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> I was waiting for Michael McDonald to come back. I can't believe it took <laughs> two seconds to realize <laughs> Oh, if only Michael McDonald had right. a jug.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like Pat with the bong. Michael
3: McDonald jug band.
2: <laughs> Pat, do you ever play the bong like that?
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, Richard... Well, oh, I have other things that I do with my bongs.
1: <laughs> you know, Richard Gere was in a jug band. <laughs> you got asked to be in a jug band.
0: Richard Gere was an extra in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. <laughs> he was in Jug Band. what? He was a he was a, he was a puppet. <laughs> All right, all right. So today's topic: Sigourney Weaver, or as Patrick calls it, the Weaver that is named Sigourney.
1: So her her birth name is actually Susan Alexandra Weaver. She was uh, born in Manhattan in 1949.
0: She's been nominated for three Academy Awards Best Actress for Aliens and Gorillas in the Mist, and uh, Supporting Actress for Working Girl.
2: She also won She's a got- BAFTA Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for The Ice Storm, and Saturn Awards for Aliens and the Giant Blue Smurf Movie.
0: Avatar. Yes. Yeah, you can say the word, Joel. No. Pat, did you just cut and paste this from Wikipedia? Yes, yes I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was, hooray for have, research. You don't have to
3: read the rest of it. I mean, it's just, Yeah, all right. Well, she's, she's, got, got, she's, she's made, got a lot of awards. You know, she's,
0: she's got a lot of awards. She's very recognized in both uh, sci-fi and drama and comedy. You can read I mean, the last paragraph. It's a little more, of course. They have one daughter, Charlotte Simpson, who was born on April 13th, 1990.
2: She's married, she's married to Jim Simpson, oh. who's a filmmaker, and also one of, he's very yellow. Apparently he's jaundiced.
0: No, that would be
3: she, Homer no. Simpson. That, yeah, Jim Simpson. Yeah. The lesser-known Simpson brother, Jim.
2: Right. He's not
0: one of the doopy brothers, no. though. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me get Michael McDonald out, crap.
2: <laughs> I'll be good. I promise.
0: All right. You promise. All right. So what we're basically doing here is we're going to run through the movies that we've seen her in. Uh, actually, her first credit uh, is uh, Annie Hall, which I am the only one that has not seen Annie Hall.
1: I, you know, I think we've actually talked about Annie Hall on this show before, haven't we?
0: Yeah, yeah we did. a couple times. Yeah. yeah, every time Joel falls into uh, Woody... Uh, Ellen. What's his name? Woody Allen. I, yeah, Woody Ellen territory. I, I, I had, had, had
2: Gorney Weaver on the set, but she... So uh, what was
0: it like working with Miss Weaver? She,
2: she was, she was uh, not young enough for me or Asian. Is that is <laughs> any better this early in the morning? I'm trying.
0: Uh, it's yeah, it's actually much better than it was at night.
2: Oh, no, good. I can, there it can you go. Be Woody Allen in the morning.
0: Yeah. So uh, Annie Hall. Uh, I believe she was only on for like 15 seconds. Yeah, She's I have no recollection dealer. of
2: her being in that movie at all.
0: She's a. But there dealer. is some. Yeah, but she, there is some contention that she was actually in another movie earlier. Uh, Scarface? No, no, no. There was another. There's another movie that people say that she was in before that, but I can't remember what it is. So, but here is the big one: 1979 Alien.
2: She plays Lieutenant uh, Ripley. Never seen it on <laughs> what? And why did you put your initials next to it?
1: <laughs> I'm kidding
2: <clears> That's about ready to drive there and punch you in the butt.
1: You know, it's funny. I've probably only seen it twice, mainly because I prefer the sequel so much.
2: Well, the sequel is amazing,
0: but Alien on its own is. When it was described back then as Jaws in space. Yeah, but this, was, this uh, is only
3: the second time I'd ever seen it. Actually, I saw it. Really? I saw it in the theater when I was. Uh, oh, no, I didn't see the theater. I saw it you in the
0: theater back when you were seven, eight? thirty. Yeah. No, like I, I saw it when
3: I was when I was a. Uh, I, I had to have been like fifteen at a friend's house for the first time. And then
0: okay. I haven't seen it, you know haven't seen it since then. Well, I well I say I own the entire Alien series on DVD, hey, so yeah.
2: including the Alien versus Predator movies.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think I mean honestly, she set herself up as the heroine. I mean, it's the you know badass. I mean, up until this point, there hadn't really been too many female hero type characters in movies, like Foxy Brown, maybe. Well, yeah. yeah. Was, uh, I mean, but you didn't have someone like a female character that could carry the movie herself. Hmm, that's a bold statement.
2: Before 1979? I, I don't know. I think I think Sigourney Weaver really set, and this is part of the reason that I love her so much, and I, is that she kind of set the standard and the tone for what every other actress since then would try to aspire to. Like Mila Jovovich, I can very much see Sigourney Weaver influences in her, or any other ass-kicking chick that's come since then. You know, they all go back to... Oh, them. yeah. She's like the go source to, material.
0: Yeah, for, I mean, go but go to Linda Hamilton. Hmm. I mean, she's... J- Jessica Alba. Hey. No. Dark Angel. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. yeah. There you can go, go there. Is. See oh, okay, I never watched it. Or or even going that you know going in that direction. What about I mean even TV shows like Alias. You've got the Jennifer
2: Garner. Jennifer Garner.
0: Jennifer Garner got the badass female character. I mean she did set the tone for the for the stereotype
2: because she proved you could be sexy <clears throat> and be an ass kicker. I mean she's running around in a good chunk of the movie in her underwear. Yet she takes on an alien that kills basically everybody else around yeah. her and all the strong men, especially in the in the sequel. I mean yeah. that just completely cements her status.
0: Josh and Patrick, have you seen the directors cut of that, or have you seen the uh, regular, I the regular version? I
1: have seen both.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: I, 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 I've only seen it twice. But I've only seen each of them once, but I have seen both.
0: The scene after they bring John Hurt on board, and they have him in the lab after Ripley adamantly says, Do, you know, you're not getting on board, which I think is awesome. Right. You know, she's like, uh, the entire crew out there, and there she's like, nope, not coming in until... We call spoilers on this? The android decides that uh, they're going to come on board. Yeah, and the android says, Screw you, I'm letting them in. The scene where, uh, what's the other female on the ship? I forgot the actress's name. Oh. Are you
1: talking Newt? No, that's, that's later. No, that's later.
0: That's aliens. Oh, what was her name? The one with the short Who,
3: hair, yeah.
0: Yeah, the one with the short hair. In the scene where they're watching them work on John Hurt, where she walks in and just hauls off and slaps Sigourney Weaver across the face, mm-hmm. there, apparently that was, took a bunch of takes because every time she would come in and take a swing at Sigourney Sigourney. Sigourney, would like duck and you know move out of the way until finally they're like, look, don't hold back when you walk in there, full on slapper, and which is the reaction of everybody in that room is completely genuine because it's the holy shit, she actually slapped her. I mean, because we almost spun Sigourney Weaver around with that with that hit.
3: Yeah, it would have been nice if she had shown any kind of that spirit when confronted face to face with the actual alien instead of just standing there and peeing herself. Or whatever. Lambert, yes, uh, played yes. by Veronica Cartwright.
0: Yep, but yes, that's right. She, her
3: character deserves so. Much more than to just stand there and, be, and, and freeze up.
0: Yeah, she seemed too spunky.
3: Yeah, exactly. It just, it just, I didn't like that ending for her. You know, because the other, I mean, uh, mm. uh, Yafit Kodo's character had to sacrifice himself to save her. You know, it was like, it just, I didn't like that ending for her. It was just really shitty of them to do that to that character, I thought. Uh, uh, she showed, you know, I mean, she's got enough gumption to, to slap the woman who can kick her ass in the, right in the face. You know, you're know, you know going yeah, to wh- die from this alien. Why not do something instead of just stand there and
0: yeah. maybe slap I'll let you it. run?
3: Yeah, slap it. Yeah. You know, that'd, be, that'd be appropriate.
0: Slapjop. <laughs> I do have to say that. I for that movie, I was very sad when Harry Dean Stanton died. Yeah, Brett was a great character. But he loves Harry Dean Stanton. Oh yeah. So let's keep moving. Well, hey, well, deal I can't with her. Uh, oh wait. Okay. Why were
3: there? Why were there no kind of you know actions taken towards her striking a superior officer? Officer another thing I want to know. By the way, probably
1: they had more pressing things with like things bursting out of people's chests.
3: Oh, they probably. <laughs> they, I think they should have arrested her next. <laughs> Uh, I
1: actually just learned something yesterday in recent alien news. Ooh. The deck building game that was originally based on Marvel superheroes called Legendary, it's a cooperative game, actually just announced that they are doing Legendary Alien <gasps> based on the 1979 I, and uh, movie and Aliens.
0: I just got such a hard on, I got dizzy. Yeah, oh.
1: so I want to make sure I
3: mention that.
0: I really want you to post a link to that because I know what I'm getting in August. Get uh, a boner? Get laid. Probably still.
2: Uh, well, I have two oh. things to say about this real quick before we move on. Number one, I think it has one of the best taglines ever in film history, which, you know, the in space no one can hear you scream. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is, is that I think this one kind of gets a bad rap because it, the second Aliens, for people who are new to the series, the ones that didn't start out with this one, because they're so used to the way the series, the franchise went, where it became more about kind of, you know, the, the bigger guns and killing as many aliens as possible. This one was a slow pot boiler, which I'm a big fan of, you know, where there's this build and this kind of dirge that goes along until eventually everything kind of starts happening and you just, I mean, there's really, essentially you know, I think, I think spoilers, that spoilers alert that we give, we should cut that off somewhere. It should be like a time, <laughs> like a decade that we don't say that anymore. I mean, there really is only one alien on the ship, you
0: know? Well, it was, and here's the thing though, also between Alien and Aliens, it was a completely different style of movie. Yep. I mean, Aliens was the action-packed, like you said, gunning-for-it type Thing. This is more like a. I'd lean this more towards like Michael Myers.
2: Yeah, you
0: know the Halloween movies. You know you don't know where the you don't know where he is. He's going to pop out of anywhere. Or like somebody
3: said yeah. earlier, it's more like Jaws, really. Sure. Yeah,
0: and it's. I mean, and there's actually scenes in it. I mean, like from the old '70s horror movies. You know, there's that scene where the camera pans past the window and you see Michael Myers standing in the window. In this one, like right before, um, right before what's his name dies. Right before uh, Harry Dean Stanton dies. You know, you he's looking up. He's letting the water from the Condensers drop onto his face, and you see the alien just hanging right the there. I, I, yeah, just, I
3: actually rewound that. I was like, "Wait a minute!" I was like, "Did I just?" <laughs> and oh,
0: I he just it so much. Just
3: hanging upside down, just staring at him. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's and it's one of those movies where you're like, "Holy shit!" It's there, and the people that saw it are freaking out. The people that didn't see it are like, "Why the hell are you freaking out?" You know that sort of thing. See, so it plays the audience really well, at manipulating your emotions.
3: Because it's it's not, it's I mean, not it's, one of those movies that it's just very very obvious what's going on, you know, and it's not beating you over the head with everything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of subtlety to it. That's where I kind of become a, am a fan of some of the later ones and why Aliens kind of fell short for me, and we'll talk about that later. I just, I just had to point that out because this, this one just, to me, it's got that nice just overall sensibility that... All right. Well, the, the, let's the, make our the, way. Yeah.
3: Before. The real last thing I want to I want to say is like that that scene when, when when the alien burst forth from his stomach. None of the people knew that that was going to happen. None of the actors knew. That's how the, those are all genuine reactions when they like when, when you know, she's screaming. Oh God! Oh God! You know she had all that stuff yeah. over her. That was a yeah. Veronica Cartwright
0: did not know she was going to get sprayed in the face with fake blood. Yeah. <laughs> was, in fact, the only person they I, I know what to chuck about. The only person they told what was going to happen was John Hurt. Yeah, it'd be kind of hard for him to not be in on it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you putting on me? Just. <laughs> Just don't worry, John. Just go with it. <laughs> Which, there's another person right. we need to do. It's John Hurt. In the butt. <laughs> well, All right. Well, moving on. I'm going to get Michael McDonald out. Uh-huh. Deal of a century. Arms dealers. Dealers from several companies buy to sell the highest tech to a South American dictator. This is a Sigourney Weaver in a comedy. Oh, with, it is it the Eddie Murphy movie? No. Chetty, well, Eddie Murphy, in case you're talking about Gregory Hines. <laughs> oh.
1: oh, I get them mixed up.
0: You it. <laughs> Chevy Chase... Marnie Weaver and Gregory Hines, and Wallace Shawn.
2: You know, <laughs> it's conceivable.
0: Oh, it, it's a basic 80s comedy. I guess after Alien, they were like, you know, hey, let's see if she can do comedy. She's, she's pretty dang funny. I remember laughing at it. Like you, Josh, I remember seeing it. I remember liking it. You know, Gregory Hines was a thing back then.
3: I never understood that. Never found him funny.
0: Wasn't he in uh, the movie about
1: tap
3: dancing?
2: He's a dancer. Yeah, he's he is like, a tap dancer. Yeah, yeah he's like a, that's his thing. Like Buddy Epson was before he became an actor.
3: White, white Palaces? Wasn't that what it was, was it tap yeah, dancing white,
2: movie? White Sands? No, like no. how
3: I, I I thought
1: he no, was in the movie with
2: Sandman Crothers
1: or Sims or
2: Satman, Scatman Crothers. Scatman, Cr- no, Sandman. It was
1: Sandman. Sandman Crothers.
2: No, Crothers. Crothers. Ninety nine <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me sleepy when I watch him. Sandman, Sandman, Crothers Sandman Crothers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sandman was called that if I remember right, because he actually did his tap routine by like throwing sand down. Who's a performer on Showtime at the Apollo, oh, and he, he has nothing to do show?
3: with
0: what he was on the. No, you think you know you know what you're thinking about? You're thinking <laughs> of uh, White Knight,
3: Spider-Man every now and then.
0: Challenge, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, White Knights.
1: Yeah. That's the one.
0: I'm, White Knight's yeah. with Gregory Hines and Mikhail Baryshnikov because yeah. yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah, it has um, nothing
1: <laughs> to do with. Uh, do. Uh, All right,
2: Gamer. With the other.
0: This is this is the big one, Ghost, well, the second big one, Ghostbusters. Yeah, buddy. Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett. Mm. Zool. I, all of us have seen this. Patrick, you liked it, I'm hoping. Oh, I loved
3: it. This is one of my favorites. I was going to say, I think uh, if he'd
1: said, I, yeah, I didn't care for Ghostbusters, <laughs> he'd just be disconnected from Sky.
2: Yeah, we just click him. He's gone. And Pat has been replaced by somebody else. <laughs> <How> <laughs> by
1: Michael
3: McDonald.
2: <laughs> no.
0: Michael McDonald likes Ghostbusters. No, this one was, I actually did not see this one in the theater. I saw it on uh, Bootleg VHS. Is this true? Back in the day. Yes,
3: this man has no dick. <laughs> yes.
0: I kind of feel bad for Scorny Weaver, because you take a pretty much straight-laced actress, she does horror, she does sci-fi, she does. Think she's done one comedy sh- movie, and then let's drop her in a pot with Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramus, Rick Moranis, and see how she fares. I mean, you can tell, I mean, I, when I was watching it, the scene where Dana Barrett tells Lewis Tully that he she has a date tonight, I swear she almost breaks character once Rick Moranis starts. Well, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, you could bring him by. <laughs> I noticed well, that too. And that
1: character was originally written for John Candy.
0: Yeah, but he wanted to do a German dude with schnauzers. What? Yeah, Louis Tully was originally supposed to be uh, John Candy. That, but his his take on the character was a large German guy with two schnauzer ducks.
2: That would not have and, worked the same way. At all, no.
0: Thankfully, that's what everybody else said. <laughs> they didn't do well, because
2: it, so. in the sequel when the romance was happening with you know him and and Annie Potts I mean that just oh that would have been bizarre I'm glad it didn't Rick Moranis was perfect <clears> for <throat> that role.
3: It's too much of dog? <laughs> <laughs> Man, are you going to be pissed, my dad? <laughs> <laughs>
2: But no, Sigourney
0: Weaver in this one was... It's like the perfect storm of a movie. Yes. Everybody is doing exactly what they need to be doing in this movie. That's and a really big Twinkie.
2: The casting was perfect. The script, the direction, everything about it. Just—it was it, Like you said, it just kind of all came together in this. And it, it doesn't happen very often. And she's been party to several instances of this. This was just a classic. I mean, hands down. I mean, I, it holds up. And she's, oh. she's part of the reason, for sure.
0: Yep. Yeah. Again, she plays damsel in distress in this one. But even in this, she's still pretty... Uh, Badass? Ballsy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 1986, two years after Ghostbusters, Aliens comes out, and Aliens was a regular rotation in my video queue back then. After it came out on video, I I easily have watched this movie 20 plus times. Game over, man! (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen it like twice. What's with you and only seeing these movies twice? That uh, was me I've for been, the first I, one. I don't
3: know. I've never yeah. been a huge Alien franchise fan. I've, I appreciate it. I like it. But it's not like I I, I don't obsess over it like you guys.
2: Actually, Pat has a, uh, a limitation. Like, he's not allowed to watch anything more than twice.
3: That is not true, because I've seen plenty of things many times, sir.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> he has seen uh, Over the Rainbow, whatever that's Wizard called. of
2: Oz. <laughs> That one. <laughs> sure. He's seen that two and a half times. And
0: yes. I would argue that while the first one was
1: more of a horror film with a little bit of sci-fi action this one goes full over into sci-fi action with a little bit of horror
2: cameron oh yeah that's
0: nice. yeah i mean well cameron takes over on this one and it's the alien is such a great villain if you can use the word for this yeah. monster that it to have more than one i mean one you got that tension to it in this one i mean again with the it's that whole they're hiding in the walls type of thing like where they're down in the reactor and you, you know, you—they're all around you. Things are moving, and then you see that in the wall, like they're right before uh, one of the guys bites it. The alien literally steps right out of the wall and has been in the shot the whole time. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just you know, awesome stuff. And <clears throat> I was going to say Ripley really solidifies herself as again the stereotype of the badass heroine.
3: Is this the one where she gets in the big uh, mechanical the, suit at the end? Yes. Yeah. the power loader. Yes.
0: Yeah, awesome. So I got to see the power loader and the mother alien. Uh, there was a special effect thing at the Museum of Science and Industry out here in Chicago back in the early 90s, and that was there. And it's not nearly as big as you think it is. That's hmm. what she said. <laughs> hey, oh, thank you. But no, it, it's maybe about seven and a half, eight feet tall. And the mother alien is roughly the same size. To go there and to actually see them, I've got pictures of me standing next to them somewhere, but just awesome. You know, they have face, the face hugger in the tube and all that there.
1: Yeah, this is definitely where Sigourney Weaver comes into her own as action heroine. I was doing a little bit of research, because the, the Statement that she was the modern film action heroine. I was trying to refute it, but uh, I was having some problems. I mean, she wasn't the first. Because as far back as 1944, you had, like, the Tiger Woman. And on TV, you could make a case for Charlie's Angels in 76. But uh, in, in terms of, like, our lifetime, she's one of the earliest, on film at least, female
0: action heroes. I think, yeah, I would say for, I would say for the 80s, it's like Linda Hamilton and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, here's the big difference between the television and the other references you make, is that she proved that you could get dirty and bloody and be just as to it as the guy is, yeah, and tough, it was still sexy, and it was still, you were still an ass-kicker, you know, because in Charlie's Angel, they still looked coiffed and pretty when they were fighting. She was just downright, I mean, no holds barred, but yet she still retained her femininity, and that's where I think it differs greatly from the older stuff, because back then they tried to keep him looking nice.
0: That's fair. And I think, honestly, in Aliens, I mean, you have all that action going on there, but I think the culmination of Ripley as the heroine, as the ass-kicker, is where she's in the nest, and she turns to the mother alien, she's like, Get your hands off of her, you bitch! And just un- starts unloading on the uh, the mother alien.
1: Which is funny because you have a much more uh, stereotypical female action hero in this movie. I forget her name, her character's name. Vasquez. Vasquez. Yeah, I was gonna say Valdez, but I knew that was wrong.
0: <laughs> Came in, fell down, and spilled oil all But right. even
2: if you look at her, though, she comes into the movie being you know a butch, almost almost a man, and they even joke about that. But you know, she's not even trying to be pretty. Or sexy, or whatever.
0: Well, that's a difference because Vasquez is actually a Marine. She's actually part of the combat unit. Ripley is an advisor. You know, and it's—I think it's that character that in like an Alien, she's she is a warrant officer in Alien. She doesn't really put in the ass kicking until she needs to. I mean, Vasquez stepped into it with "I'm kicking ass, taking names" type of thing. Ripley, once it's really and not until Newt gets captured that she's like, "All right, gloves are off. I'm coming at her." I kind of
1: imagine with the character of Vasquez that a young Michelle Rodriguez saw that character and was like, "Yeah, that's what I want to do for the rest of my
0: career. <laughs> be, <laughs> Just be a play. badass and die." Just play
1: yeah. that. Character <laughs> play play this character and that will be my whole career.
2: Hey hey, it's worked for. Did any of you guys notice that Mike was in this movie? I didn't remember that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is before his career as uh, on Mad about you, but yeah, Mike. I've never been on. Mike about was in you. this movie. About Richard Kind? He was in this movie? No. Yeah, that's yeah. that's you. Um, <laughs> I, I I I'm not as big a fan as you guys are. I've actually gone so far as to say I, this is one of my least favorite in the franchise. And I know that makes me unpopular. I've gotten hate mail. <laughs> Just
0: my, my, my finger just floated over the disconnect button there for a second, I, I've man. gotten hate mail about it. I
2: respect, I used to have a big hatred of James Cameron until his fascination with the Titanic and him trying to, the, the South Park did a whole episode about him raising the bar and it was it was epic. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him in that regard, but I'm not a fan of his work. I tend to find him overblown and idiotic. And this movie, even though I, I enjoy it to some regard, it is definitely not, the, I don't have a heart on it like for everybody else does. That does make a lot of sense, but you understand what I'm saying.
1: Well, sure. I mean, he's not known for extremely deep characters. He's known for spectacle, special effects, and action with a lot of explosions.
2: And he has said, in an interview, he said that Avatar, the world of Avatar, the giant blue Smurfs, that every story he could ever want to tell in his career, he can do with the world of Avatar. And he said that he was not going to make any other movies other than in the world of Avatar for the rest of his career. And he's proven that true, because after that came out, the next they're making two more movies, and that's all he has on his plate these days so i don't know i I, he's
1: weird yeah i mean he wanted to be making avatar back here in the like early 80s but the technology wasn't there to do what he wanted to do with it so he did all these other projects
2: and there's a lot of cool stuff in this movie i'll admit that and i don't hate it like i used to but it's still yeah i don't it's all right
0: all right just saying Half Moon Street, Josh. I was
1: so glad to see this. For one thing, it allows me to continue my unbroken streak of watching Michael Caine movies for this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> because I didn't know a whole lot about it. I, I knew the basic concept that Sigourney Weaver played uh, Dr. Slaughter, which the a movie's based on the book called Dr. Slaughter and she worked in like an Arab uh, Arabic cultural association in Great Britain. She was an American doctor working there and she just didn't make much money. Most of the other people who were in that foundation were independently wealthy living on grants or their parents' money or whatever and she was barely making ends me and ended up receiving a tape that uh, introduced her to an escort agency and she went in because she needed the money and decided that she was going to use her real name and instead of primarily just basically being a prostitute she was going to use her intelligence use her charm and her wit Uh, to have uh, dinner with rich men and do what she wanted or not after dinner. And uh, she very quickly uh, meets a British lord who is involved in negotiations between the Israelis and the Arabic nations, uh, recognizes him for who he is, and they get into a relationship. I was very surprised at how much this movie made me think because it really gets into, while it is kind of a, a... Political thriller meets almost a uh, Cinemax, Skinemax kind of movie. Wow. There's a a lot of topless Sigourney Weaver in this movie. Wow. Um, It kind of gets into the, like, she's doing it on her own terms. Is she being objectified? Is uh, what she's doing damaging to her? Uh, How much of it is her almost taking a feminist kind of role, like, she's doing this but on her own terms? and uh by the end uh you get into the political like how she is being used by various people who are trying to disrupt the middle east peace talks um, it was actually a much more intelligent and uh, thoughtful movie than I thought it would be and performances by her and Michael Kane are as usual spectacular I was okay. glad I watched it for this show
2: I need to throw something out here real quick I'm not a huge fan of PCU but when Josh made that statement it just made me think of that scene in PCU where he's like uh, Big Man is trying to prove the Kane Hackman theory that no matter oh, what yeah. time it is 24 hours a day you can find a Michael Kane or Gene Hackman movie playing on TV and Josh apparently is that's his thing for this show is he's got to relate Michael Caine to every episode. Somehow. Yeah.
1: I didn't even know he was in it until because I That's just so looked at all of her titles that were on Netflix and I was like, OK, this is a really early one. This is one I want to watch. And then I was pleasantly surprised to find that Michael Caine was in the movie. So <laughs> worth watching. Well,
0: here's, the, here's the question though. Is there topless Michael Caine?
3: Oh. I believe there is.
0: Ooh. Oh,
3: always oh, in my head. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, let's keep moving, Josh. You got a roll, roll here. Uh, I, I always
3: imagined Michael Caine as as Alfred the Butler, but he dressed like a
0: Chippendales dancer. What? Well, now I will too. <laughs> Working Girl, nineteen eighty eight, another foray into comedy. This one was Harrison Ford. No, yeah, Harrison, Melanie Griffith, Harrison Ford, and Sigourney Weaver, also with Alec Baldwin, John, Cus- Joan Cusack.
3: This is one of those and, movies that I always meant to watch, and I just never have for some reason.
0: No, it was it was good. It's it's basically more of a breakout thing for Melanie Griffith. Yeah. At this point, and Sigourney Weaver uh, is you know she's the hard ass boss character. You know the the foil. This one, I guess. I remember, again, this is another one of those that I remember enjoying. it.
2: Yeah, same here. I don't think I've seen it since probably the early 90s, but I do remember liking it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Sigourney Weaver was kind of the villain antagonist in this, Mm -hmm. if I recall.
0: Keep moving? Yep. Yeah. Gorillas in the mist. Josh has seen the monkey movie.
1: Uh, Yeah, this is the classic. This is, of course, her first uh, real role that got her respected as a very serious actress. Shot in 1988, it's a uh, drama about naturalist Diane Fossey. Work in Rwanda with mountain gorillas. The film was uh, nominated, nominated for multiple Academy Awards. I, I remember it being good, but uh, remembered having some pacing problems. I I have
2: not seen this. I I remember thinking about it. I thought it was about Jane Goodall at first, but I was thinking if James Cameron made this movie, like she'd be in there, like in the forest and looking for the monkeys or the gorillas, and then all of a sudden they'd come out of the mist with like machine guns and the power loader. And...
1: Actually, that's not too far. <laughs> (laughs) from the actual girl is in the mist because one of the issues is since she was in rwanda she had to deal with the local poachers and there were some difficulties with the locals if i recall i don't think there was actually like people with machine guns bursting onto the scenes but that was a concern
0: in the film if i recall hmm all right well ghostbusters 2
2: 1989 okay first of all i just have to ask is everybody here on the same page do they like the sequel
3: I don't really remember much about it. I just know I've seen it. <laughs> so, I mean, take that as you will.
0: I saw it at the theater. I liked it, but not nearly as much as the original. I saw it in the theater, it's, too.
3: I kind did. of hate this movie. Oh, like, no. Why?
0: Damn it. See, I'm not full bore gung-ho as I am for Ghostbusters. You've, you know, I will watch Ghostbusters if it's on. I will watch Ghostbusters any single time. This one, like, eh... Ghostbusters 2. They tried to cash in more of the same, tried to roll more of the romance situations out and make the characters just a little bit more wacky. Um, but they missed out on a lot of it. I mean, the, the I think on this one, honestly, the magic isn't there. In the first one, it, they said they think the rumor is that very little of the actual script was used. A lot a lot of ad-libbing. In fact, I think Bill Murray's all, just almost like 90% of his lines were just ad-libs. Just here, do go do this type stuff. And this one, very scripted, very... I, like I think, just cashing in before the uh, steam ran out.
1: Yeah, I love the Vigo the Carpathian plotline, and I think that if it'd been tighter focused, without all the stuff with the pinkus and the Statue of Liberty and the NES Advantage joystick,
0: okay, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, that was where they you can... lost me.
1: It, it, it's it, there was no consistency of tone. It, it went very uh, from like hardcore gothic horror to just goofy eighties comedy,
3: and I wish it had just. Decided decided on one.
2: I, I enjoyed it. It
3: was, it was a mishmash of comedy ideas and didn't really work too well.
2: Well, it seems like they were trying to... It was more... I mean, in a way, it did seem like it was more about the the merchandising possibilities or tie-ins with, you know... I, I think the cartoon had started. I was already on at this point. The Oh, yeah. The, it's it's, it's just them, much more but,
3: dated than the original.
2: Which is it's just ironic, since it's made later. But I right. found it to be a lot of fun, because I just watched these... Because part of it was on uh, about, I don't know, four or five months ago, and the kids were showing some interest. I'm like, you know, I, I this is like classic for me, so if they're going to show interest, absolutely let's watch them. So I, I got both of them. We watched them back to back. You know, they they had fun with it, but I could definitely tell by this one, the second one it, they were kind of losing a little interest like it didn't hold up hmm. as well as the, the first one did and i had totally forgotten about the whole thing with the statue of liberty which was ridiculous but i could see you know it being fun at the time yay go new york you know that sort of thing yeah
1: just to clarify the real ghostbusters cartoon had started uh, by now it was 1986
0: to 1991 okay yeah not to be confused with the ghostbusters cartoon that doesn't have the word real in it that has a fedora wearing gorilla
2: which was prior to the Movie though, the yeah, that's
0: movie. true. Yeah,
1: the, the original that's... Ghostbusters had nothing to do with actually busting ghosts. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was though. It was also it was a filmation cartoon, and it was also a live action TV show. Yeah. I had a gun from them, a toy of theirs. I watched both of them pretty religiously. It was so cool. Never too. even heard
3: of this other Ghostbusters.
0: What? No, it had a it, it had a gorilla. In a hat. I he, thought so he like so you were making
3: time. a joke.
1: No, no. it's true. Uh, yeah,
0: and the, I remember my well, mother
1: rented me the Ghostbusters videotape, and I thought it was going to be the Ghostbusters with Slimer and everybody, and I was really surprised when there was a
2: gorilla wearing a fedora. <laughs> <laughs> and then Josh's life was changed forever. Actually, the one yeah. guy that uh, wears the funny airplane hat, or the pilot cap in that looks kind of like that actually.
0: It was starring Forrest Tucker, Larry Storch, and Bob Burns. Oh, Larry Storch. As Trace of the Gorilla lasted for 15 episodes. That's it? Yeah, they had
1: this big thing called, like, Ghost Dematerializer, if I remember right. It was, like, yeah. basically a ghost gun.
3: Alrighty. Oh, and yeah. I, yeah.
1: And just looking at the picture here, in the live action, the gorilla didn't wear a fedora, he wore a propeller beanie.
2: I just uh, loaded a picture I, of, of that up in I've the
1: chat,
3: too. I have just zero recollection of any of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What in the hell? We need to watch this. We need to what watch this What in the again. hell? I know I have this. I have this on VHS somewhere.
2: That's just Why would you not
0: want to watch this? Oh,
3: jeez. What is this? <laughs> this is like... It's like Lancelot Lynch. It's like something straight out of my dreams.
1: Yeah. Those two actors uh, who have no, no connection whatsoever to Sigourney Weaver were actually from the show <laughs> F Troop. And uh, this was kind of a vehicle for them to continue their wacky slapstick comedy after F Troop ended.
2: Wow, I remember watching F Troop. Yeah. Oh, here's here's a better one right. for you. This is the one I think that you guys were – it actually shows them side by side. Wow. Right. There you go.
0: (laughs) This is this is going to be the official we're off topic. Yeah, (laughs) worst radio ever. There you go. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so not, let's keep moving here. Alien 3. got a gorilla in a beanie hat at some point during this show. <laughs> all right, Alien 3. Least favorite of mine oh, out of the Alien oh, franchise. Yep. Damn it. I think I've seen it once, How, and I don't uh, know much about it.
2: Joel, shut up. David Fincher <laughs> directed this movie.
0: Okay, I don't care. It, let's take the four characters that you have built a bond with. Newt, uh, uh, um, Bishop, Ripley, and Hicks. Take them. You. They've been through all this shit. They've it. survived the alien. Let's just kill three of them.
3: Yep, I think Mike's about to cry. I
0: am. <laughs> I, I was when I went to go see this. When I went to stepped in there, and when the three of them are dead, I it almost became the first movie I have walked out on. And I sat through Popeye the movie. <laughs>
1: And that was the thing, is the opening scene where they make all of the struggles of the second movie virtually irrelevant by killing three-quarters of the surviving cast. They had lost me, and I should love this film. I like Charles S. Dutton, Lance Henriksen, Charles Dance is the guy, but I I hated this movie because I had checked out after the first ten minutes.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm with you on this one, because it's, honest to God, I mean, you have all these characters that you're like, Alien 3 awesome, we get to see what happened when the four of them they survived. They're the only people that came out of this alive. What happens next? Oh, okay, you're going to kill them. I saw it once, where I was like, okay, this is terrible, I hated it. Saw it again, hoping that maybe it wasn't as depressing and upsetting to me as it was the first time I saw it, and yeah, it still don't the, like it. The
2: part of this that, that I didn't like, the only part, was the dog, the dog alien bit. Other than that, I thought, I mean, the effects were a little dated, but I thought it had good atmosphere. It played more towards the original kind of uh, you're trapped in a small confined space and it's more of the horror element plus you've got the the prisoners which makes it that much more ratcheted up the tension and since I wasn't a huge fan of the, the sequel I you know for me losing all those characters it didn't really matter. That's just me. And plus it's David Fincher who makes amazing movies. This not being his best admittedly. Charles S. Dutton? Come on man.
0: I would have liked this if it didn't have the alien moniker attached to it.
2: <laughs> what if they just called it Xenomorph?
0: Or I, I don't even know if it was like they had a lead in story and they didn't have the characters from the previous one. Even if it was a completely separate movie you know as someone from the colony got away in a ship that we didn't know about. Sure. Write that in. There there's nobody else like. I mean, I do not. I'm not mentally invested on like on that character. Sure, Ripley, you're invested in. Uh, Newt, you're totally invested in. All these characters that you built up such a relationship with. You go back to this and just Joel. What's a series of movies that you like?
2: Uh, all of That's them. Not not Aliens. Um, I don't know. Uh the Resident Evil movies <laughs> You're not helping. I, I don't know like, let's go with Freddy
3: Krueger how about that
2: well, or
1: if we'd gone to Ghostbusters 3 and Ghostbusters 3 starts with like three quarters of the cast being killed off screen and we're going to meet all of these other interesting characters I'd be pissed off that that's the way they handled it
2: which is probably what's going to happen now that Harold Ramis is dead and they're looking at going forward with the third one speaking of
1: yeah I don't know and that Bill the, Murray's
3: oh, not going to do it I'm sure I don't know that they'll kill them <laughs> off off screen though
2: it's Ernie Hudson
3: yeah Uh, The Ernie Hudson vehicle, Ghostbusters 3.
2: (laughs) Then he's the only one in it with Annie Potts, and they'll have, I don't know, they'll have to get somebody to replace Rick Moranis, because he doesn't act anymore, so... Zach Braff. All right, you lost me.
3: Yeah.
1: I like Zach Braff, but no. Best thing I can say about this is that this is the first film I ever saw Charles Dance in, who uh, I pretty much started going back over the movies I've liked seeing him in since uh, seeing him as Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. The guy's just an amazing actor. He yes, was he the facility's doctor in Aliens Three, so I'll give it that. It introduced me to the career of Charles Dance.
0: Okay, so there's a thumbs up. Dave, Dave's not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> entertaining, uh, entertaining
3: movie for what it was. It was just a little popcorn movie, you know.
0: Yeah, um, this is the one.
3: Kevin Klein plays the president, a single yeah. president? Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, single president. I mean, it's it's your by-the-numbers romantic comedy. In the 90s. Yeah. I mean, was, and I, we went to go see it at the theater.
2: The 90s were so formulaic with their romantic comedies. I mean, I was a big fan. That's one of the things that got me into wanting to write screenplays. But um, this is just one of those where you take guy A and girl B, add some sort of wacky situation, and then throw in some romance, and you've got a movie. And it, that was like every...
3: likable, give him a little bit of a mini kind of crappy conflict and let them get through it yeah. and oh now they're
1: in love yeah.
2: every romantic movie in the 90s was <laughs> so formulaic and this is a, is a prime example of that
1: it, what's so, funny is I had until we said we were going to do this for this show I had forgotten it was Sigourney Weaver as the love interest and
0: not like Meg Ryan or Melanie Griffith
2: which yep. you could have plugged them in just as easily
0: well and that's <clears> the thing that, that I think they made it that made it to draw against all those other ones like oh it's not Melanie Griffith or Meg Ryan it's Sigourney Weaver yeah. hey let's go see that you know
1: although well, I think my draw would probably be some of the supporting cast, because you've got Ving Rhames, Ben Kingsley, Charles Grodin.
2: Um Ugh, not a Grodin fan, sorry. You did not just say I do don't not like, like Charles, Charles Grodin. Grodin at all. I hate that man with a passion. So disconnected. <laughs> I hate that man.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, what's Mid- that? Charles? Midnight Run, Go- come on, that's a great movie. The
0: best of times, come on. All right, so anyway, Sigourney Weaver and Ben Kingsley, then
3: <laughs> I was going
0: to throw
3: out one, but I couldn't remember the name of the stupid movie. Uh, <laughs> Clifford. <laughs>
0: Clifford, there you go. Ishtar. Wait, uh, Roman Polanski. <laughs> this movie, gets, uh, Sigourney Weaver and, and
2: and Ben Kingsley together. The opposite of Dave. There's no romantic comedy here. Oh, this is no. this is one of those movies when I was getting into my phase of I'm like I made a a very concerted effort to become well versed in film. That's what I what I wanted to do, and Josh was right there alongside me the whole way. And I remember getting this movie, and I just was really not too sure what to expect. And I just was so floored by it because it's basically Death and the Maiden is what we're talking about. Yeah, it's based mm-hmm. on a. I think it was based on a play originally. <laughs>
0: yes, we're talking about Galaxy Quest. Where
2: <laughs> um, I don't know where we can call spoilers, but Ben Kingsley. Uh, Sigourney Weaver and who was the third
0: Oh, who uh, played her husband in this? Uh, oh, I got it right here. Richard was... No. Stuart Wilson.
2: They're, is that it? Uh, ben Kingsley ends up in their midst, and you come to find that Ben Kingsley had uh, raped Sigourney Weaver's character, or at least that's what they oh, imply.
1: Did he... Well, okay, basically the setup is uh, Sigourney Weaver is living in a country that's kind of a banana republic. Her husband
2: comes <laughs> with... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up.
1: I don't know <laughs> any other way to...
2: I just imagine yeah. him in khakis, that's... Oh, yeah. sorry.
1: I don't know any other term for it, but you're talking a South American war torn uh, country where her husband comes in from a storm with this Dr. Miranda who was traveling with him and he's got to stay. And she believes that during the fall of the old regime, uh, Dr. Miranda was the doctor who uh, raped her while she was blindfolded and tortured her for weeks. And she believes she recognizes his voice,
2: his voice. Yeah, just simply yeah. his voice.
1: So uh, there's a lot of play as she uh, pulls out a gun on him and basically stages a trial uh, for him uh, on the spot, and there's a lot of questions whether or not it's just her damaged mind uh, grasping at straws to try and find some sort of justice for herself whether she, maybe she's projecting her fears of this guy who brutalized her onto this Dr. Miranda.
2: And it's it's a rare instance where it's it's three three people in the movie that carry the entire film from start to finish, and that's kind of the beauty of it, is it doesn't need anything more, because you have these amazing actors that are working together with this, what could have been kind of hard to pull off, because a lot of times stage to screen doesn't always translate, and vice versa. Um, they, they, they pulled this off, and you really ultimately, I mean, in my opinion, by the end of the movie you're still not sure
1: well the the movie comes down much more heavily on the idea that dr miranda was guilty of his crimes the play is much more ambiguous where the film ending makes it uh, you could still say that there's some room for doubt but it's probably 80 20 that he was actually guilty just his delivery of his confession saying that not only did he rape her but that he enjoyed brutalizing her and he wished the old regime had never fallen his performance is pretty convincing, like over the top of what he needed to do in order to save his life in that situation.
2: I, if if you have not seen this movie and you're a fan of Ben Kingsley and or Sigourney Weaver, I highly recommended.
0: Yeah, one, one of right. the best. Yeah. Then let's move on to uh, Copycat.
3: This was a movie I saw.
2: <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's... It has a twist. Harry Connick Jr. I don't, with a black remember any, suit. I just
0: remember I saw it. I don't remember anything about it. I, I just know I saw it.
2: Harry Connick yeah, Jr. is a bad guy.
0: Yeah. I, I saw it, remember liking it.
2: I owned it but but on then. VHS. I never bought it on DVD, though. But nineteen ninety seven Alien Resurrection. Oh, I just ran over copycat and just left it sitting there. You're right. I Sigourney did. Sigourney Weaver plays a housebound uh, former, I believe, agent who had tracked down the serial killer and now he's trying to kill her. And he's Harry Connick Jr. He's got a blacked out tooth and it really gets annoying after a while because you really notice it. Anyway, yes, Alien Resurrection.
0: Alien Resurrection. Jean Pierre, as
2: you know, the French director.
0: Yes, oui, oui. I can get behind this one. Want to say after? I mean, well, obviously, it's going to be my third favorite out of the out of the series.
3: One with Ren- Winona Ryder. Yes.
0: Yes. Where they're cloning Ripley and they're trying to make this new super alien. It's, yeah. Red Dorf and uh, Ron Perlman, yes. uh, isn't it? Who always makes things good. Daniel
2: Pignon, another favorite yes. of Jean Pierre, as you know. And Michael Wincott,
0: you know, yes. from The Crow. And this was actually written by Joss Whedon. So thumbs up to that, too.
1: Yeah, originally I thought it was directed by Joss, but uh, it turned out that was not accurate.
0: This was Now, lab- this one? Go ahead. This is what I think Alien 3 should have been. You know, give a, give some sort of lead-in to this is what Ripley's doing now uh, or the corporation's got a hold of her and, you know, um, Weyland-Yutani is trying to clone her or do whatever. They're doing some sort of experimentation on her. I enjoyed this one. A lot of people don't like it because it's got the goofy you're a beautiful, beautiful butterfly and all that. It's <laughs> though. Yeah, I know, but it's still <laughs> weird. Durf. Cool thing about this one. Three of us that have seen it. You know the basketball scene? Yes. hmm Okay. Uh, have e- any of you seen the extended version with with all the interviews I and all that. that. Yes. She made that shot. Yep. There's a scene where Josh where she, you know where she throws the basketball over her shoulder. Yeah. She had practiced and practiced and practiced and she was insistent that she was going to at least try to make this shot on her own. She didn't want anybody else's help with it because she's Sigourney Weaver and she knows she's a badass. She made the shot first take.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yes. And the other awesome thing about it is is that Ron Perlman broke character when she did it. <laughs> is that in the interview he's like he's John? owner i forgot how you pronounce it well he's he's being the you know the badass you know merc that he is in this one and he watches the ball go up and he says and i turn and i look and went
2: damn it she made it
0: shit <laughs> it was so and he's like yeah they didn't get that on camera thank god because then they would have to do it again made ron perlman break and as soon as she walked off off set, they said the whole cast and crew just like lost it and the fact that she made it swish no net so I, which is I, just swish, more to the myth.
3: Swish all net,
0: sir. Oh, thank you,
2: sports guy.
0: <laughs> I'm a you. <huge, laughs> you have no power here.
2: I'm a huge fan of this this film. Also, um, Jean-Pierre, you know, is one, another one of those visually stunning directors, like Fincher, only French, who had been working with Mark Caro up to this point and uh, made Delicatessen and City of Lost Children, um, and just always makes these amazing, weird movies. And so I was curious to see what his take was going and he stayed pretty faithful to the franchise but he still had his little trademarks and this one i think just is a damn fun entry into the franchise i mean i it's personally i don't know if it's my favorite of the series but it's it's probably second i would think for
0: me
1: um, oh. i, I like huh? the film until we get to the ending I, the ending didn't do it for me but it wasn't bad it was okay i probably feel about this one pretty similar to the way joel feels about aliens
0: it's all right don't hate it yeah okay well the ice
2: storm
1: I think that uh, the reason Joel and I are the two who have signed off on having seen this is that we both saw it in the same film class in college. I- I'm pretty sure, I don't remember the professor's name, but I'm pretty sure I only saw this in a film class that I believe Joel w- attended with me.
2: Yep. <laughs> and it's All it's right. good i mean it's it's a it's a throwback to the 70s it's a kind of a slice of life drama family it's not not like a family drama i mean it's definitely not for kids or anything but right uh, elijah wood and it's it's depressing
1: yeah you've got a family of four very very dysfunctional broken people who have their own ways of dealing with the pointlessness of their life whether that's wild sex or ignoring each other and they're kind of forced to stay home and deal with each other because of a storm that traps them inside the house it's probably one of those films that you should see once but will have very little desire to see a second time
0: exactly exactly right all right so snow white a tale of terror 1997 none of us watched it but all of us felt we should have moving on (laughs) galaxy quest oh hell yeah galaxy quest is amazing this is where this is where sigourney weaver takes all the tropes that she's had from the last movies that she makes and can puts them together in one just awesome character this i don't know if you if anybody out there hasn't seen it first go see it pause yes. the movie and then you know come back um <laughs> right seriously i mean this is this is another one of those with uh, tim allen sigourney weaver it's in my uh standard in my viewing Sam- Uh, Sam Sam Rockwell,
1: Rockwell. Tony
0: Shalhoub, Shalhoub. Alan Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, I think, is one of actually Tony uh, Alan Rickman or Tony Shaloub. I think Tony Shaloub is a lot funnier in this one than Alan Rickman is because he is so nonplussed by everything going on.
2: This to me is one of the most underrated um, nerd movies out there, and I, 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 maybe I maybe I'm just not hanging in the right circles of people. But
1: yeah, I was going to say it's it's very well spoken of in geek circles. I, I don't I, I don't. It's very good. I don't know that I call it underrated because it's very highly rated.
2: See, I don't. I guess I just yeah. don't know enough people that have seen it because anybody that I know I'm like Have you ever seen it's like no I've never seen that it's like you should oh, see this movie okay. holy
0: crap it's pretty appreciated from people that I talk to as well
2: okay well, I'm just not running in nerdy enough circle yeah. it's well
0: she she plays like the Ahura type character right but uh, again is the and by the end uh, just like in all the TV shows by the end of it she's like her shirt is torn open when they're trying to run through that gauntlet at the end, she's like, why would somebody build this? <laughs>
2: and she's blonde. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And Tim Allen channels, channels his best William Shatner. Yeah. This
1: is, like, about the only thing I like Tim Allen in. Like, I am really not a fan of his, but this... It's a statement to how great this movie is that I like it, despite the fact he's in it. <laughs> Toy Story.
2: <laughs>
1: how do you feel about Toy Story? Mm-hmm. It's okay. I, it's, I don't hate it. I, I, I kind of give movies a pass. Like, I don't think think about who the actor is if I'm just hearing their voice, because I'm fully invested in the character I see on screen. Mm. Yeah. So,
0: All right. Well, we are going to stop for a break here as we cross over into the 2000s. We me skip it, Bruce. I saw it, but... Yeah, sorry. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's not, I really deleted it because we were
3: running low on time. Yeah,
0: you don't need yeah, to watch it. No. Uh, we're going to start up with uh, Heartbreakers when we come back. You
3: don't know we am your
2: brother. <laughs>
0: We are back and we took a little break where we got ourselves cleaned up and Patrick cleaned his kitchen after what is known as the bacon fat incident. I, I wish
3: it was that simple. It, it, <laughs> after what is known as my family.
0: Oh, uh, yeah,
3: that's OK.
1: My family's an incident, too.
0: <laughs> so I'm sure cleaning the kitchen isn't as interesting as the uh, one of these days we're going to have to tell the uh, the screaming dishes. Yes, story.
3: one of my favorite stories from my entire life.
0: I and, agree, I was, yeah. and I but, wasn't
3: even involved in it. Well, barely today is not that day.
0: No. It is not that day, because we're still talking about Sigourney Weaver movies.
2: Yay! And Michael McDonald. Yay!
0: Yeah, not Michael McDonald. Oh. Michael McDonald oh. is not here. Right he
2: makes now. cameos, stuff.
0: Yes. Michael McDonald reminds us when we go off track.
1: So let's take it to the streets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started up with heartbreakers. I have not seen this, but it looks...
2: It's actually not too bad. It's about a mother and daughter con team who... They bilk guys out of their money by one of them, you know... Uh, Basically uh, marrying them, and then her daughter comes in and seduces them, and then they go to divorce court, and they take everything they got. It's got Sigourney Weaver, Jennifer Hewitt Hewitt, Ray Liotta, Jason Lee, Jeffrey Jones, Gene Hackman, Ricky Jay, Sarah Silverman. It's got a, a really good cast wow. of people, and
0: Bancroft,
2: and Zach Galifianakis. I forgot about him. <laughs>
0: Jeffrey Jones, yeah, yeah. Felt a little bit of weirdness. And, and, and I, Canfield a, in it.
2: And Canfield yeah. did make a cameo, but I, I, it's fun. I mean, it was one of those movies that I was like, eh, I'll watch it, and uh, it was surprisingly pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'd forgotten okay. that I'd seen it when we had it on on a list and then uh, Joel was talking about it uh, and I remembered oh yeah this was the comedy with uh, them playing
2: the mother daughter
3: yeah, yeah I, I actually yeah. own it because my father had it but I haven't watched it yet
2: okay it's worth well, the time
0: moving on to holes
2: you I kept this movie and I still yeah. haven't seen it you still haven't seen it
0: actually I've, I had never seen it until I watched it for the show based, and, based on um, a kids, kid's book right Yeah. yes based on a book yes, what, yes, Louis Sekar Louis Sekar do you guys remember do you guys remember the anthology stories Tales from Sideways School.
2: Oh, my Isaiah oh. loves those books. My mom bought him yeah, that's, his birth or for Christmas, and he read all of them like three or four times in a row, like three. What then? Yes. Off, is that What
0: you're saying? Yes, and it's one of those. It's it's based off a it's a, based off a kids book. Um, what I liked about this one is that she actually plays the bad guy in this one. She plays the warden, and actually does not show up until about halfway through the uh, through the movie interesting but it also, that's that's yeah. going to be a trend that I think we're going to see Yeah, showing
1: up for one or the other half of a movie
0: well she showed up for the end of it because it's like the whole time the first half of the movie they're like oh you don't want to mess with the warden you know and they never show her until she shows up where they're digging the holes and she plays it off really good she's this you know cowboy hat wearing with the boots yeah, actually you'd like her Pat <laughs> she plays also with uh, along with uh, John Voight who plays Mr. Sir and Tim Blake Nelson and is also the first movie where she Sheila Bouf oh, yeah. showed up. Sheila, <laughs> I don't like I? I know this person. I'm saying it correctly. <laughs> Sheila Bouf. Sheila, <laughs> okay, buddy. Don't correct me. Sheila Bouf. That's um, his first movie. So, and it was it was good. You know, I watched it with the kids. Kids enjoyed it. She does, you know, it's standard by the numbers kids movie villain, but she plays it off really well. Liked it. Would watch it again.
3: Scenery maybe. chewing kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. You like to say that a lot. She She wears, she what? wears... Um, scenery chewing.
3: I, I love that phrase, yes.
0: I don't understand.
2: She has... What's the it's like when and you're just completely
3: it? overacting and it's like, you're just, you're, you're so overacting that you're taking over everything. You're chewing up everything. Like oh. a big wood chipper that's scenery chewing.
2: Oh, like in Fargo. Yeah.
3: Yeah, pretty oh, much. But kind of kind of like um, Nicolas Cage and Wicker Man, you know, that's scenery chewing. He's
2: going to punch a bear? <laughs> Origin, really
1: I'd like to thank you for that particular one because I've had Oh Sheila stuck in my head since you said Sheila LaBeouf. <laughs>
0: I can oh, get that one queued up too. Oh, but the village—I have not seen the village. I'm the only one that have not seen the village. I didn't even know she was in it.
3: Yeah, she is not like a focus. A focus one of the village elders, you know. Yeah. Uh, she's I, definitely not so, a primary character. No.
2: Am, am I like the only guy on the planet that still likes Imli Shmilon?
3: Yes. I, yes. I actually like. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of, I don't hate him, let me put it that way, but I still go to see his movies thinking that something good is going to happen, but he almost lost me at Lady in the Water, because that movie you was see, just... Stinky. Lady in
1: the Water is only the beginning of his downfall. Once I liked the like
3: The Happening. I don't know why everybody hates on that one so much.
1: Oh, like, yeah, I did not like The Happening, although it's not his... I mean, after The Happening, he continued to go downhill with the uh, remake of uh, the
3: other Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah, the Last Airbender, yeah. I didn't think that was the big... I mean, I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was the. It was kind of like, kind of like almost ish to me. It's like I didn't think it was the big steaming pile of shit everybody said it was. But I didn't think it was great by any means. And what
1: about the one where the concept is there are strangers in the elevator, and one of them is the devil?
2: He produced that though. He didn't direct
3: it. Oh, okay. that was
0: good. Yeah, that I was devil, that. and that I, I like that one.
2: Uh, I have not seen After Earth yet. I didn't even know that I it was either. his joint because I didn't, you know, like promote it as his. But yeah.
0: Well, yeah,
1: he's become the kiss of <laughs> death to American cinema. Yeah. It
2: seems like it, but I, I'm a fan, even. Even the happening at the end, I was like, "Oh, yeah." But up until the very end, when you kind of realize what is actually going on, it's 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 well done. And I thought the village was a nice, clever thing. I just think he needs to get away from the whole twist thing and, you know, write she's all that again. I
0: mean, just make a movie, yeah. Like she's all that. Happily, happily never after. I'm the only one that saw that. Why? Why are we standard forward? Because we're talking about a night oh, okay. show, <laughs> not talking about it. Well, no, I was gonna. I was gonna say
3: actually, the, the funny thing about the village, like I told you guys before, the funny thing about the village was the twist at the end. To me, wasn't a twist because the entire time the movie was going on, I didn't even think at all that it, it was the way it was supposed to be. You know, I don't want. I'm trying not to give a spoiler because this is yeah. still ten years old. But I, I wasn't even. I wasn't even buying into the concept from the beginning. I guess was the was the problem for me.
0: I don't. I don't think that you weren't buying into the concept. I don't think you were aware of the concept. Yeah,
3: I think. That, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> At the end, I was like, "Wait
2: a minute, what? <laughs> that changes everything." You
3: Wish to go back in the movie? What? Well,
2: I, I think for me that he and we're really off track now, but I think he's kind of a modern day. He's trying to be a modern day, like a uh, like a storyteller. Like he's trying to retell fairy tales for a modern age is how I view sure. his his work. And so, if you take it with from a childlike perspective and you you look at it from that angle, I mean, Lady in the Water—that's exactly what it is. It's a fairy tale, but with a modern twist. And the village kind of is too. It's more of like maybe a Grimm's fairy tale, but you know, or or a uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents or a Twilight Zone episode. You know, they're they're fun popcorn movies that you don't have to think about, but you feel smarter at the end for like figuring it out or whatever. I don't know. Sure. Maybe it's just me. After Earth looks terrible, but I'll still watch it. I have four words
1: to say about the village: Bryce, Dallas, Howard. Boing, 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 boing.
3: Yes, gorgeous. I think she's just gorgeous.
1: Yeah, she, and she was especially good looking in that movie. I liked her. Uh, character.
3: Uh, I, li- I actually like
1: the performances all the way around.
3: Yeah, I didn't have a problem with any of the performances.
1: Yeah, people like to trash on this one. It isn't my favorite. Uh, my favorite is probably... Uh, oh, jeez, I'm forgetting the name of
3: it. Unbra- Unbreakable? Unbreakable.
2: Unbreakable. Yeah. Really?
3: Mine is still The Sixth Sense, if I had to pick it up. not well,
2: like Wide Awake with Rosie O'Donnell? Rosie O'Donnell? No?
3: Anyway, mine. we should move on. We're, we're, we're yes. way Yeah, up we're, we're, f- we're further
1: going yeah. on. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, I'm the only one that's seen Happily Never After. It's a sardonic twist on fairy tales. Sigourney Weaver is listed on the cast list just after Patrick Warburton, but just before Lee Ehrenberg.
1: Is this a cartoon? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: This is the getting as many cool voices in as you can. She only does it's a short, you know, she only has her, she's a minor character in this one, but her character was good.
1: You know, at this point, they've done so many sardonic twists on fairy tales that I'd almost just like to see them play a fairy tale straight for one. I'm kind of bored with the okay. It, it, it's the story you know, except here's the weird thing: all the animals are
2: rappers.
0: <laughs> yeah, animals are rappers. That's yeah. Actually, now. the next all the next couple of them, Wally. Let's see She does voice voiceovers in the next three. Uh, Happily Never After. Wally, she's the voice of the computer, and The Tale of Despero, She's the uh, narrator. Oh, that's a beautiful.
3: <laughs> I love that. And one. she she does a lot of voiceover, like in Cartoon Works too. Like like in Futurama, she was the voice of a computer. A couple times, you know, she's done computer voices before, like lampooning her sci fi, yeah. You
0: know, I and mean, she's she's playing off what she's been, yeah. So, but yeah, Wally, I liked Wally. I mean, her voice, I mean, it's the voice on the computer in Tale of Despero, She just narrated it, I mean, it's not like she was doing anything. Wally, <clears throat> Be Kind, Rewind, I didn't even realize that she was in that.
2: That's what did she play in that? A
0: fantastic movie. Be kind. Rewind. I just, like yeah, I said, mind. I got
3: about halfway through that movie and I couldn't watch it anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Did you 2008? see her? In
1: the, did you like get far enough to see Sigourney no? No. Cause
3: I, like I said, I stopped like right after the second movie they remade or something. You know, and people were starting to line up for their movies. I was just like, ah, I'm just done with this. So I was just so bored with it.
2: You're a weirdo, and they're sweeting things. It's a Michael Gondry movie, so you got to go into it with a bit of a check your brain at the door because it's, some things are going to be a little over the top and weird because that's and what I he guess, does. I
3: guess I, I, And I think I just wasn't prepared for that, honestly. I thought it was going to be like just a straight up comedy you know
2: it's so I, I've i seen it many many times and it's uh, it's one of those that I just it's like a, a guilty pleasure not that it's a bad movie but like
3: it's a little slow it, in developing you know in the pacing
2: it's like a Polaroid picture um, but it pays off at the end of, to me and I think the best part of it is when they're actually the remake of the movies that they do are just so goofy that that's the fun of it for me more than anything else but Jack Black and Monster have worked well together and it tells a cute story and it's uh, got a nice happy ending so I'm a fan and and it's got Sigourney Weaver there you go yeah buddy so
0: this is
1: another one though where she's not in it for the whole
2: no. time
1: yeah, yeah
0: no. not nearly as she's not in this as nearly as long as she is an Avatar even oh, Avatar she's,
1: she's just... not even really in it that much yeah this whole like modern phase of her career she's kind of moved to uh, I don't know part-time roles, yeah. superstar yeah, su- just supporting roles a lot you know yeah
2: it's a great name for a
0: band well, Josh. part-time superstar yeah.
3: oh Sigourney Weaver
0: yeah that too <laughs> Well, I mean, she's all. This is the thing, though. Is like this point in her career, I mean, everybody recognizes her. Yep. Everybody knows her. Everybody knows her voice. Yep. And she comes in as as this is the I guess the
2: cameo portion of her. Well, she can make write her own ticket. Basically, she doesn't have yeah. to do the starring role. She can be uh, just a uh, pick and choose the part she wants to play.
0: Yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine what she's making off residuals on the Alien movies alone. Oh my Which god, interesting. The game, yeah. If she can pick her own
1: scripts, some of these that are coming up, <laughs> yeah,
2: like Avatar. So, oh wait, that's because the Okay
0: going to say Rampart, but...
2: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Rampart when we get there.
0: All right. Avatar plays the hard-boiled scientist she dies.
2: Hey, I haven't seen it. Oh, wait, I'm not going to. Never mind. Good for that.
1: Oh, you see, at this point, you've missed the boat. Like, if it were still in theaters, I would recommend you see it, if only for the spectacle and the special effects, because I'm a pretty jaded person with regards to visual effects, and I walked in there saying, well, everyone's talking about it. I don't think it's really going to impress me. But when I got in there and I saw it, and I didn't even see it 3D or IMAX or anything, I was genuinely wowed by the special effects of the time. So, I, I didn't expect much of the story. It's pretty much Pocahontas in space.
3: Yeah, it's like it's like Pocahontas mm-hmm. or Dances with Wolves or any. You know, my whole take on it. Everybody was like, "Oh, the spectacle, the special effects, the whatever, and everything." It's like, you know what? That's all wonderful and great, and yeah, it's it's groundbreaking cinematography and yada yada. But it's like, can we please just spend some money and get some writers to to write some stories that just aren't just crap and fluff and shit? You know, I mean. If if I, if I want to see all spectacle and no story, I can go to a theme park.
0: That's true. Although there's there's theme parks in Texas. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yes. There's everything in Texas. It really is this classic and kind of
1: offensive story of you've got native people and then white dude shows up and then white
3: dude saves the native people from other white dudes. After first betraying them, you have to betray them first and you have to come back. Sure. The group. So, mm-hmm. I
1: mean, Last Samurai did it as well. I
3: mean, mm-hmm.
1: pretty much it's all the same story over and over and over again.
2: It's like every Richard Gere movie out there.
3: A lot of Kevin Costner what? movies like that too.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what
3: that means. I did not like this movie. I don't know if that came across. Us. yes i mean I, I, yeah. I also did not like the fact that you know that they were just okay the the whole thing like like the way they have sex is with their ponytails and whatever what? and yada yada and and i was like whatever okay fine i could get behind that but then they started hooking up with their horses that way too and i'm like okay what is it a sexual appendage or is it like a you know is it a horse training appendage what's the thing it's
0: like, it's like a usb port and a flashlight all in one yeah
3: exactly <laughs> Yeah, it's. like
0: I, I kind of liked it, but not enough to defend it to the people who didn't. Would that be bestiality, then?
3: That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm like you're not just riding the horse, you're riding the horse.
0: Oh, you know? yeah, buddy. <laughs> huh. I haven't even thought about that. Well, and then you get back to then they get back to the tree, and you're like, you're going to clean that ponytail before anything <laughs> happens, because you've been out on that horse all day.
1: Yeah, but if you had aliens who had different like reproductive systems, and they looked at ours, they're like, well, okay, so you pee and you have sex with the same thing? That's
0: freaking weird.
3: Yeah, okay, we take it.
0: Yeah, now you did. Now you made it weird.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I could, like I said, I could get behind it because I mean, it's an alien race and whatever, and you're, yeah. you are kind of do things differently. But
0: I guess you're, I guess you got a point there.
2: All right, dances with USB ports,
0: and you use it to pee with. <laughs> yes, I have not seen Pauls. Paul worth sing
2: no. for no. Yeah, I mean she's I, I she's good in her part, but again, she's a minor part at the end.
0: Okay. That didn't, it never had any appeal to But
2: me. I, I was all but excited Rampart. because it had it had uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. And I'm like, oh, yeah, great. You know, and then I saw The Alien. I'm like, oh, no. And then I watched it. I'm like, oh, man, this is not good. I enjoyed and, it. it. I own not it, not, actually. Like, a lot. I, I own it. I was very disappointed and let down. But
3: it also was one of the last movies I saw with my father in the theater, too. So it has a little special place in my that's,
2: brain. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, if you can't get
3: past the fact that The Alien is Seth Rogen, then you're
1: not going to like this movie. I actually uh, liked The whole interplay between Seth Rogen and Pegan Frost.
3: Yeah, I I like the whole, you know, like he was behind like many major pop movements and pop, you know, whatever, you know. He's a guy that, that wrote ET and all that kind of stuff, you know. It was just funny yeah. to me.
2: See, I like Seth Rogen. I have no problem with Seth Rogen. And and Greg Matola who directed it, who did The Day Trippers, which is a great movie, super bad, which is a great movie. I mean, I just I I was expecting more with everybody involved and it was just really kind of just stupid. I mean, there wasn't I saw no point in the movie at all, not even for comedy's sake. I didn't laugh, oh. hmm. just me.
0: Well, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Okay. Then Sigourney
2: Weaver. I thought, I thought this the... was,
3: I, I would just say real quick, I thought this was a, a, okay. a little bit more respectful lampooning than even, you know, Big Bang Theory, which I still defend, but you know, so I, what do you think about that, Josh?
1: Yeah, I would say that because they, uh, the fact that they are nerdy is part of their character.
0: It's not, the, they are not the punchline.
3: Right. All right. I'm just making sure. Okay, moving on.
0: Rampart, based on the video game. No, <laughs> that
3: would be better no. based on the the um, the
0: song. The Ramparts. We watched. No, it's okay. no. That's That's whole I don't know. You saw it, Joel. I did. It's got it's got Ned Beatty.
2: I was seriously. I went into this movie. I'm like, yeah, Woody Harrelson, Ben Foster. Like, this is going to be good. I'm excited. And it's you know, it's about a uh, 1999 in Los Angeles police officers. And I'm like, cool. And then I sat there, and 108 minutes later, I'm like, why did I watch that? Because it was not very good. I was really, really disappointed. I found myself completely disinterested in the characters. I was not paying attention to anything. I don't even remember Sigourney Weaver being in it, to be honest with you. It just—it was a waste of an hour and a half, basically, or hour and twenty, or hour and forty minutes, whatever. It was—it was a waste of time. Math is hard.
0: But a Sigourney Weaver's character? Or she?
2: I don't even remember her being in it. I just remember she plays Joan
0: Confrey, and she's listed on the notes as just after Robert Wisdom. So mm-hmm. another very minor part in a...
2: Very minor part. Yeah, she. I don't remember her being a main character. Otherwise, I think it would have stuck out more. I just, It was just a slowly paced... I just felt like kind okay. of a, uh, an exercise in futility, honestly. You,
1: you can't really talk about Rampart without talking about the online controversy. The, this movie was very poorly uh, promoted, including a very disastrous Ask Me Anything by Woody Harrelson on Reddit, which still... Uh, he's still kind of the laughing stock of reddit for his uh every time they tried to ask him a personal question he's like well can we just keep the questions uh confined to rampart and everyone's like uh no that's not how this works you're not just here to shill your movie uh we're asking you questions and we're just gonna roast you if you're just gonna try and divert back to plugging your shit yeah, that yeah, it was early
3: in the days before the celebrities kind of understood what was going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, the top voted question ended up becoming uh, when uh, about a story. Could care to comment on this story when you showed up to my high school prom and like raped a girl there? Oh, nice. Yeah, that that became the top question, like about how he plied these high school girls with booze and uh, basically date raped them. And, and since it has uh, been determined that the story was probably a fabrication, but since Harrelson was being such a tool to the uh, people on Reddit uh, and refusing to answer the question and trying to steer back to his plug. It gained more and more traction. Everybody just kept upvoting
3: it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I just looked it up, and the question, the top question now is: Question to Mister Harrelson's PR guy: What are you going to do with all the free time you have now?
2: Yeah, it it, it wasn't uh, anyway. Yeah. Moving on, I don't even.
0: All right, so she's she's kind of in that movie. Yeah. I Cedar Rapids is on my watch list. Patrick, you have seen it. It looks like something that I would love.
3: It. Um. If you haven't, I, I I can't tell you guys enough. To see this movie. It is really really funny. Uh, um. If for if for I mean the cast is great and everybody's great at it. But if if for no other reason you need to you need to see this movie because uh, John C. Riley is hysterical in this movie. I like him, so yeah, and he is. I I mean, it's oh. it's one of my favorite roles I've ever seen him, and he's just over the top hysterical, but not like in the you know the Doctor Steve Brule manner. It's just it, it's a more controlled where it's like more believable that this is a real person, but he's just still so, so over the top and he's just hysterical in it. My, is
0: she still is she playing a main character? Yeah,
3: she, well, she plays Ed Helms' uh, former teacher, now lover. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and um, he goes off to Cedar Rapids, which to him is like the big time for some kind of insurance uh, convention. And it's just I don't want to give you much more detail than that. So like most of the com- you know other than a couple scenes at the beginning, most of the time Sigourney Weaver's in this. Is she's on the phone with Ed Helms, and he's reacting to things that are happening, and she's trying to talk okay. him through things. Like he like the, the first thing is that he's on the phone with her, and and he opens up his hotel room door, and there's just like I'm um, just uh, I can't remember his name, the actor's name, but he 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 does a lot of commercial He's like a affable, just really, really not dumpy-looking, friendly black guy, and just an older, middle-aged, you know, just completely harmless-looking guy standing there in a business suit. He's standing in the hotel room because he's apparently sharing the room with him, <laughs> and and he's just on the phone with Sigourney Weaver's character. He just goes, "There's a black man in my room." <laughs>
1: Oh wow! There's there's like, a lot of people in this film I like. There's, yeah, uh, Kurtwood Smith, Stephen Root.
3: I mean, it's a great movie, great cast. I mean, it's it's it, and it's very very funny. I will. I, I'm going to tell you a little story about this movie. It's it, it's kind of the linchpin of a funny story of mine. I'll give you an abbreviated version. I was in Las Vegas, and it was the last night of like a week long trip. <laughs> And
0: story over.
2: <laughs>
3: it's like
0: I'm sorry, man. I could not help this, myself. This, like on that get played one.
3: off at the Oscars, I'm like, and I'm done.
1: You <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> can't even finish your story. How
3: are you going to top that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. God! And was going to be not as funny, but I don't care. So, like I said, I'll give you the abbreviated version. <laughs> we it was a last night of like a week long Vegas vacation. We were just tired again. Like we just wanted a night where we were just going to relax and do whatever. So my buddy and I decided let's just get a couple fifths of alcohol, stay in the room, rent some comedies, and you know, and, and just just relax. And we're like, okay, fine. So we crack open the alcohol, start pouring the drinks, and him being you know he, he's 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 a, a, a younger guy, and he wanted to he's like, let's do a drinking game. I'm like, oh god, what do you want to do? So we decide every time we laugh, you got to take a drink. Well, we, we're like, let's start this off easy. We'll put it in Cedar Rapids, you know, we, we'll, we'll rent Cedar Rapids first. We never, neither one of us has heard of it, but we like the It Can't be that funny. Well, by the end of that movie, we were already half drunk. Uh, we, we'd already got we'd, We went through a third of the bottle of the, of the fifth by the end of that movie. It was so funny.
0: Ooh, yikes! Yeah. Nice. So, so cedar Rapids to Cabin in the Woods, which is an amazing movie yep. and a great reveal at the
2: end. A scene stealer, oh, she is in this she movie. Is.
0: Yeah. See, this is the thing. Now we're getting close to now. We can't. This, yeah, I no think spoilers. we can call spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers on this one. But if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, you need to. And Sigourney Weaver's character, Wild Brief, is great. Yeah. She's exactly what she's supposed to be in this movie. She, I mean, she she plays upon all the old. Uh this is one of those things where the cameo fits.
1: Yeah. This is a Joss Whedon joint, and I am a huge fan of his stuff. I, I've even, I like Dollhouse, and I was one of the people who liked uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the beginning. So everything he does, I, I'm a huge fan of, and this is no exception. Uh, so. I have
2: to tell anybody who has not seen this movie yet, do not read anything about it. If you don't know anything, go in blind. Highly yeah, recommend that's, yeah. that's how
3: Mike and I went in, because <laughs> remember we went and saw it with Matthew? Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. And so, neither one
3: of us knew what was going on. On, and then suddenly, when it when it when it did, what it did, we were both like,
2: "What?" <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, that was when
0: he thought my he's when he thought my soda went bad.
2: <laughs> it, it, it was like the From dust Till Dawn incident. Yeah, we all went to From dust Till Dawn, and we thought, "Oh, it's a it's a Quentin Tarantino road movie with you know Tarantino and and George Clooney being badasses." And then I was like, "Holy hell, what just happened?" You know. I... The less you know, the better for this one, for sure. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, go see it. It's worth it. I mean, Sigourney's not the main character, but her her, her part is worth seeing.
2: And it is one Josh. of the best uh, horror movies, quote-unquote, that I've seen probably, I don't know, most original anyway in the past decade. Oh, it's yeah. so good.
0: I <laughs> hey, own it. Josh, yeah. you and I are the only two that watch Red Light. Yeah,
1: and uh, I uh, was very glad I watched this. I, I understand there's some criticism with the pacing. Um, but I was shocked that I had never heard of this before, because I really like everybody in red lights.
0: Oh, yeah. Cillian Murphy, uh, Scarecrow from the Batman movies, mm-hmm. yeah. Sigourney Weaver, Robert De Niro, uh, Toby Jones.
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the Ashla- uh, uh, Olsen sisters
0: who right. was not one of the twins. She's yeah. the good
2: one. She's the good one.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. She's the one that got all the good genes. But um, here's the deal. It's... I'll go. I'll give you the the uh, thumbnail here. Psychologist Margaret Matheson, who is Sugorney Weaver, and her assistant Scarecrow, <laughs> uh, are they study and debunk paranormal activity? So they wind up uh, then. Uh, uh, researching um, Robert De Niro who is this blind psychic from like the 70s. Who's a who's spoon bending guy? Uri, uh, Geller. Uri Geller, yeah. Yeah, Uri Geller. He's like the Uri Geller of the time except more charismatic. Yeah, I mean... Which is, well, charismatic. He's not <laughs> saying much. He's sort of yeah. a Uri
1: Geller meets a faith healer meets like everything you've ever heard about psychics wrapped up with like stage magic and movie star all at once. But he's supposedly the real deal and he retired back in the 70s when his major detractor a reporter like called him out on stage and then died uh, while calling him out during one of his live shows. He's had a heart attack. Yeah and there's always been this suspicion that the guy was killed by uh, Silver's powers and basically Silver comes back to uh, makes his big comeback and the team uh, is eventually uh, on the track of investigating him. It's a really
0: cool thriller. It is and it's. I wasn't sure what to expect when I stepped into this. I mean, because it was, I tried to hit the most recent Sigourney Weaver movie, and she is really good in this as the uh, the uh, debunker. Yeah. I mean, she goes into a very logical, very A to B to C to D, you know, this is how things are done. She's teaching a class on debunking psychics and that sort of thing in the co- in the college that she's working at. But her character depth, I mean why she's doing this and how she got into it, and why she is hesitant to go after Simon Silver is all wraps up into her character and it's it's not she's not the badass um. Uh, fighter type thing in this. She's it, this is a dramatic character yeah. for her, and it's, she does it really well. I would I mean, uh, call her matronly
1: in this almost, which is a yeah. direction I've never seen her go before.
0: Yeah, that definitely is a way to describe her because with the relationship of Sigourney Weaver between Cillian and him, and her is very much mother mother sonish. Yeah, and the if you again if you guys are going to watch or maybe you're going to watch out there, do not go on IMDb or anything else because there are spoilers and the spoilers in this one are major. Yeah,
1: it's very interesting because though it's a slow burn, one of the things that I was impressed by is from the initial moment you're watching, uh, it drops you right into the action, and uh, mm-hmm. they, they hit you real hard at the beginning, and then there's kind of a slow burn to the eventual climax.
0: Yeah, but when you hit that final that final scene where it all comes together, I mean, uh, Susie and I watched it and at the end of it. Were like, even Suzanne was like, "I'm glad we watched that. That was really good." So here's
2: here's the thing I didn't realize, and now I've got to move this up in my queue is that Rodrigo Cortez, who directed it, he well, and he wrote it. He also did a movie called Apartment 143, which while it kind of is cashing in on the found footage kind of thing, is really pretty well done and pretty creepy. Um, he also did Buried, which I didn't realize was the the movie with. Uh, Rob, yeah Reynolds yeah. Ryan Reynolds in a coffin for the entire movie which is a really good movie which now now I didn't realize that so plus Sigourney Weaver I'm in let's do this
0: but yeah this uh <coughs> watch it tonight if you can Joel or watch it and then let me know what you think about it because there's a lot of stuff going on in here. And there's a couple times in the movie, Josh, where I was like, I'm not sure where this is going. Yeah. Like, so the pacing gets kind of weird where you wind up in locations and things happen that you're really kind of confused about. But at the end, it really, it really, uh, it's one of those, huh. And then everything makes sense. Yep.
1: Yeah, it comes together very so. nicely. And some people uh, criticize the ending for being ham fisted. I actually like the whole whole package. Yeah,
0: I do too. And, and it's good to see Sigourney Weaver and. Pulling her own, you know what I mean. This is a movie where she's not just playing a bit part, where she's not just a character that walks through the background, where she's a main character. I mean, she, I mean, come on, she's built up there with Robert De Niro. Yep, and uh, she holds,
2: <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> she holds her own. I mean, she has a, her character is very. Um, you're very emphatic for her. You really understand where her character is coming from and why she does what she does and why she doesn't do what she does. So, yep. I give it. I gave it a thumbs up. So go see that. It's, it's on. It's on Netflix it's stream- and it's on that streaming on Amazon
2: too. So Snow White and that one are at the top of my queue now for Netflix. They're both on streaming.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Sigourney Weaver still has the chops for acting, which is good because I would have been sad if that had been. Anything else? Ah, Yeah,
1: although she gets, uh, I think, second billing in this, it is worth saying that she's still kind of a supporting role. This is her biggest role of the ones that we've talked about, probably in her entire modern career with the possible exception of Heartbreakers. But Mm -hmm. uh, she's still kind of, it's more
0: of a vehicle for Cillian Murphy and uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah, but don't let that. I mean, it's still in the Sigourney thing. She's still.
1: Oh, she's a major character. Pull,
0: oh yeah, and she still pulls it out. She's so there you go, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, buddy, you guys still fans? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm still a fan. Yeah, they're filming and for Avatar being, too, right now. Right now, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, Avatar two. Yep. Oh, you wanna go see that, Joel?
2: La la la
0: la
2: la. I'm horse. Born in
0: or in 1949, that makes her old enough. Yes, sixty old
1: enough. Yeah. 60. enough. Old enough wait, yeah. wait, how is Sigourney Weaver in the sequel? What? what? I
0: don't Avatar. know. Maybe flashback. She, she plays. She plays the tree. She is
2: sixty-four and still looking
0: sixty-four. Good. Probably flashback. I would do her. Well, see, here's the thing. Look at Sigourney Weaver. She's sixty-four, and then look at Terry Gar.
2: Well, it's Sigourney Weaver is one of those people that hasn't fallen trap. I don't think to getting all the work done. Like she's just letting herself age gracefully. I mean, she looks the same. She was. Got wrinkles like anyone will at that age, you know, but she's still flaunting it. Yeah,
3: she's I it. mean, if you, it, yeah, she's what, 30? Thir- she was 30 when she filmed Alien, you know, I mean, she still looked good then. Yep.
2: Sigourney Weaver is two
0: years younger than Terry Gar. It <laughs> <laughs> looks like Terry Gar ate Sigourney Weaver.
3: <laughs> looks like Terry
0: Gar gave birth to Sigourney Weaver. Ew. So,
2: her ha- face. Ew.
0: All. <laughs> all right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what's next week?
0: Next week, we're talking about fashion or lack there. Of. Yes. Then and Pantica.
3: now of clothes, the uh, the brands we used to wear, the brands we wear now. Why, what do we look for? What did we look for? What, what was style. fashionable then? What's fashionable now?
2: <laughs> I'm not show. even wearing
3: and pants. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm no, wearing
3: what? I'm wearing pajamas and a dirty t-shirt. So that's yeah. that's a style. It's
2: gonna be a very yeah, short yeah. show. No, yeah, we'll, yeah, probably
3: will we'll be. But you know, it's it's something different. You know, so yeah. Yeah, we'll we're gonna try, try a new wear. topic. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll look at we'll look at clothes then. and this is actually be pretty interesting because have fashions back then and then. Me having to deal with fashions now and having a soon-to-be fourteen-year-old daughter. Oh, sure, point. yeah, the parents' perspective. Nice, yeah. Yes. So, but uh, if you guys have any other ideas for show type show topics. Anything you want us to talk about? You want to be on the show? Questions about ramparts? a message. Questions about Rampart. And using that little twisty controller with, to get the ball bounced around the corner so you can get the... It isn't about the game, is it? No.
3: Oh, the Ramparts we watched. <laughs> Excuse
0: me. Uh, well, you can contact us at 40go14 at com. You can get us on Facebook. Look for 40 going on 14 yep. And you can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. What about Michael all, McDonald? Hmm? Oh, sorry. Yeah. We can't,
1: you no, know, you can't reach Michael McDonald at that number. Damn it. However, how if can you want reach
3: to, Michael McDonald? If <laughs> you're off topic, that's how.
1: That's how, yes. <laughs> if you want to listen to any of our new episodes or uh, cruise back through the archives, you can find us, uh, of course, at our website at 40Go14.com or we're hosted on iTunes, TalkShoe, Stitcher, uh, and Blueberry.
0: Mm hmm. You can also, did you just say you can get us on 40Going14.com? Yep. Uh, All right. Well, I need a nap. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike. I'm Patrick. Sorry, I forgot my name. I'm not
2: Michael McDonald.
0: You don't know me, but I'm your brother.
3: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Ah, fuck. Yeah, buddy.
2: Oh, I thought you were offering.
3: That might wake me up. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I would hope so.
3: <laughs> no, I said might, I and mean, it's not definite. <laughs>
2: uh, there's a penis in me. Nope. You know, know how
3: defi- you know how difficult it is to wake me up.
2: I do. I yeah. Even with a penis
0: in you. Exactly. And Joel, and Pat, and I know how easy it is to wake Joel up.
2: <laughs> Even with a penis in me.
3: He will. He will not sleep heavy, no matter what. He learned.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you guys.
3: Possibly say. because of all the penises. <laughs>